Common Sense Media activated. You are now entering Dad Mode, a podcast with a dad's eye view, and we are your hosts, the friendly neighborhood amazing dad, Rich, and I am the dad of steel, E. James. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. (laughs) Hey. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. It's a nice day. Well, not really nice. It was rainy today, but you know, it's all good. Every day's a great day. As long as you make it that oh, way. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh this episode's another special one. We got another wonderful guest, good friend of mine, Mr. Ned Brandt. How you doing, sir? Oh shoot, I'm doing well. It's I'm- uh been a great day. Uh Luckily, the kids have been with their mom, so I've had peace and quiet. <laughs> so it's been uh, it's been really nice. Hey, we're gonna give you a round of there applause. There we go. Shout out to uh, peace and quiet on a Sunday. Yeah, and then uh, in this episode, we're gonna discuss co-parenting and uh, what one can do to succeed as a co-parent, and then other tips and tricks and shenanigans we'd like to get to or get into on this here podcast. So, oh yeah, gonna be a good episode right here. I, I'm 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 excited for it. As am I, man. And uh, you know, I'll let him tell us a little bit more about himself momentarily. But you know, me and Ned, we go way back, man, way back. This dude was like my first, like a real supervisor in a tech job. As uh, many of you know, and some of you don't know, or maybe it's a little mix of both. Um, you know, I'm in the IT space, and so you know that's. This guy here was like one of the coolest leads I've ever encountered, and we've been friends ever since, man. So, but I don't want to steal your thunder, brother. You want to tell the folks a little bit about yourself? All righty. Well, uh, so I'm uh, 47. I, I had my kids a little bit later in life than some people do, but uh, you know, I wouldn't change it. You know, it was it was the right time for for me and and my ex wife, and you know, we're just making the best out of it. Uh, yeah. My boys are 11 and 9. So, yeah, I'm 47. So <laughs> I I, uh, I call them my gym membership. You know, just, uh, just keeping <laughs> up with them keeps me pretty active. Oh, I bet. Uh, you know, because <laughs> they have infinite energy and uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, outside of that, uh, just like just like E, I'm in I'm in the IT space. I've been working in that area for about twenty some years, and uh, just kind of stumbled into it as a career. Uh, it was kind of crazy the way it all worked out. Uh, I was between jobs, and my mom was like, "Hey, these people are hiring for tech support. You've always been good at it. You ought to check it out." And I went, got hired, and twenty years later. Here we are. <laughs> as an as an aside, isn't it weird or, or not really weird? Isn't it odd? Isn't it strange? Sorry, I had to channel my Tucker there. Um, a lot of IT guys I know got into it accidentally. You know, at least at least the older guys, because it was one of those things where you could find your way around a computer a little bit, and people would say, "Hey, you should do this for a job." I guess I could, huh? 
I well, can see you that. know, yeah. Well, so back in the day, you know, my dad was always like, "You better not break this computer, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you do, you better figure out how to fix it." And sure enough, <laughs> I broke it plenty of times and learned how to fix it and get it back up and running. And the rest now, it's, now it's my job. But uh, other than that, I'm a I'm I'm a musician. I play bass in a couple of metal bands. Um, it's, I've been doing that for like 35 years and it's something I don't ever see myself stopping. Uh, the day I quit playing music for good, that's, that's the day a little bit of my soul dies. You, you and I need to collab um, on something some, at some point, maybe do one of these podcast themes with you on bass. And you know, well, cause I've always said work pays the bills, music pays the soul. Yeah. There and you go. I like that. It, it absolutely is true. Um, but yeah, so dad life has been interesting. My, uh, my kids, at least to me are, are pretty darn funny. They, uh, <laughs> as they, they, are. <laughs> they, they have some vivid imaginations and, uh, an incredible way of not cursing, but still getting the point of point across as if they <laughs> were to curse. I feel that, um, uh, yeah, my I played some music for for my kids, and the DJ on the radio said, "Oh, this next guy, he's really good." And I was like, "All right, well, here, guys, the DJ said this next guy is really good. We should check it out." I knew they would hate it, <laughs> uh, and the song lasted ten seconds. And my my oldest son, he says, "Dad, this song." It sounds like the smell of a Taco Bell bathroom. <laughs> oh man, morbid. Oh, and I was like, "My goodness, kid, that is that is the most eloquent way I have ever heard someone talk so much trash." Exactly, yeah, like, exactly. The drum board. <laughs> Please try again. Exactly. Hey, man, I, I got a question for you. Have you always wanted to be a dad? You know, I. So I'm an only child. So. There was never pressure, you know, have a kid or the family name dies, but still was like, you know, let's carry it on. Um, I knew I didn't want to be a dad in my mid 20s. Yeah. Because I was struggling enough just for me. And I was like, man, I don't even know how much diapers cost, but man, I can barely, you know, scrape by with with just me, I'm, I'm going to wait and get established a bit. And, you know, so that's, you know, by the time I was 35, it was like, hey, kind of got a career going. I'm not paycheck to paycheck anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And, that's a, hey, that's how it goes. And, you know, so I've, I've been a, an active musician since 1996. And about three, four months, no, it was two months before my son was born, uh, my band actually got offered a record deal from a uh, a small label in Florida. Hmm. And I remember talking to these guys and they're like, oh yeah, you know, see all kinds of, all parts of the world, you'll do this, we'll give you like 50 grand to record and finance a tour and all this. And, and I was like, you know, 
my my first son is about to be born. I'm kind of happy being at home, playing on weekends, being a local yokel, and <laughs> and I've got a hot shower and clean socks every day. And plus, I'll be here when my kid's born to you know help raise him from from day one. You know, why would I want to take away from having that? Oh, well, you know, what about, you know, seeing all these places? I'm like, dude, I grew up military. (laughs) I lived in Japan. Right. That's nothing to you. I'm like, I've been to Europe several times. You know, and I realize how fortunate I am to be able to even to be able to say that. But, you know, we could take a military flight for 10 bucks a person. So I wish wish it was like that. I wish I can do that. Golly, stupid, expensive. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where I'm at, it's like two, three thousand dollars to fly a whole family of four. <laughs> so easily. Yeah. So, so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna turn it down because yeah. I'm, I'm totally content doing what I'm doing, and you know, it's, it was a choice. Yeah. What kind of dad are you? Uh, I am tough but fair, and and I give them the opportunity to say if they think I'm not being fair. You know, I'll ask them. I was like, look, you done messed up. Here's what, here's what <laughs> your punishment's going to be. Hmm. And I'm like, is this fair? Is it fair to you based on what happened? Yeah, it is, Dad. Okay. Then you can't yeah. argue. You, you mentioned tough but fair. You know, I, I think... I'm kind of in that same vein too. Another thing that I try to also be is uh, consistent. Yes. You know, because especially when in your, both of you are parents of multiple children, right? But the one thing that you have to do with consistency is make sure that if you hand out a punishment to one for a certain crime, a certain way, you better do it for the other one. Because yes. they will call you yeah. out. They will call you out. Now, there wasn't necessarily a punishment. I'll give you an example. So my girls both played basketball. And we allowed them to wear Crocs. It was a little cooler yesterday. But we said, hey, wear your slides or your Crocs. That way you can slide out of them, throw your basketball shoes on, and hit the court, right? The other one, I'm like, you don't need your Crocs or your slides because you're going to be in the stands watching. So we had a game in the morning and a game in the evening for their two different leagues. And so – uh we said that in the morning, afternoon comes, and my oldest, she's getting ready for her game, and my younger wants to wear her Crocs. And I didn't get a chance to say it yet. No, you know the rule. She's like, oh, wow, so she gets to do this, blah, 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 blah. And that irritated me because she's being a smart mouth about it. But, Ooh, mm-hmm. again, the consistency and mm-hmm. the fairness, right? Yeah. If I would have let her, you know – kids are calculating and watching that and going, okay, I see how it is. Well, you know, even, even if it's not like a punishment or, or something like that, I think consistency is key. Absolutely. Yeah. So Fridays I take my boys into school and Friday morning I drop my youngest off and then me and my oldest go to a donut shop and get a donut. Uh, And then I take him to school uh, honestly, I do it because traffic at that time just sucks. And the amount of time it takes us to go to the donut shop, get our donut, eat it, and then get to school 
all that traffic's gone. And I'm like, hey, it's just a convenience thing. Now, my youngin would never know. But so what I do is I pick him up in the afternoon and then I take him to go get a donut. And then we go to his older brother's school and pick him up. And then that way they both they both get a donut on Donut Friday. Mm, donut Friday. And then that way the older one doesn't have a secret to keep from his little brother. Because, you know, if we'd done that and didn't do the same for his brother, then, you know, his feelings would get hurt. And Absolutely. Truth be told, you know, it's, yeah. It, if, if I were him, it would hurt my feelings too. So. Yeah, kids are going to be like that. They just want, and they, they want fair, they want fairness too. You know, that's just, uh, that's just the truth when it comes to punishment and but anything when it comes to getting anything from anybody. But, you know, the other really important thing is follow through. Um, Staying true to your word when you say, hey, if you keep this behavior up, I'm not going to let you go on a camping trip. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a real example of mine for my oldest, for my oldest son. He was acting up in school and I said, hey, man, if you don't get this under control, you're not going to go on that camping trip with Cub Scouts. I am. <laughs> uh, well, because so I was a den leader. Uh, I, uh, I like to kind of jokingly give people my life resume. And, uh, you know, that is uh, I'm an IT guy. I'm a, a heavy metal bass player. I'm a member of the PTA. And I'm a Cub Scout den leader. And people look at me and they're like, what on earth, dude? <laughs> How do you? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you got to diversify. But uh, so I'm actually not a Cub Scout den leader anymore. Uh, and it's nice to have a break from that. But uh, uh, my my youngin still does Cub Scouts. I'm just not a leader for him. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. But so anyway, I was a, I was a leader and I had activities that I was leading on this camp out. And I didn't think it was fair to all these other kids that I just flake on them when my kid was just being a jerk. So I said, hey, man, is it fair to all these other kids for me to not go because you were misbehaving? No. So I still went. The school heard about it. And they're like, dude, did you seriously do this? And I was like, yeah, I did. I was like, what good would it do my son if I told him he couldn't go and then let him go anyway? That's consistency. And and, and yeah. they're like, we wish we had more parents like you. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, thanks. <laughs> but that, That's know, awesome, man. But. I'm I'm also really honest with my kids too. I'm like, look, you know, I know I'm not the perfect dad, but you know what? I try. And my youngest, that kid, I swear he's got a heart of gold. He says, dad, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes sometimes. And, you know, it just kind of got me right in, right in the heart. And it's just like, man. It's crazy to see how they mature in front of your eyes, huh? How, yeah. And like the wisdom that they, they acquire I mean, we always associate wisdom with, you know, age, like older age. Wisdom can be had at any age, you know, mm -hmm. and especially when you've lived a few years. You know, there's things that a child will, 
an older child will teach a younger child, you know, like the big brother will teach the little brother, hey, man, you don't want to do X because Y will happen or whatever. I'm not giving any true examples, but it's because they've learned it. They've seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this. They're in this thing called life, too. And that's how it goes. Um, I want to take a step back for just a moment. You mentioned uh, being a musician. I just want to and, and the other things that you do for your children, because. You know, Rich and myself, we're both active dads. <clears throat> and so we, we totally get that. How do you find the balance with these activities? Um, it's called not getting any sleep. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. <laughs> ain't, ain't that uh, the truth? <laughs> seriously, though, um, I, do, I do all of my band practices on days that I know that they are with their mom. Um, we used to have practice on a day where the boys were with me. And so I actually, I got them like gun range quality, uh, hearing protection Mm -hmm. and said, Hey, y'all need to wear your cans at all times. And because once you lose your hearing, it never comes back. Yep. Yep. And yeah. and, And I've taken them to see us play. Uh, it helps that, you know, my kids are little metal heads just like I am. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and they had a blast. Uh, we were playing outside and they were about 40, 50 feet from the stage. So they, they didn't really need their hearing protection at that point. But, you know, with consistency, I'm sitting up there, I'm playing my bass, you know, rocking out. And I look up and I see my oldest son and he doesn't have his hearing protection on. And so I'm playing a song, you know, both hands are busy and I wait for him to look at me and I, I'm playing, 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 and then point to my ears real quick and then get back to playing. Didn't miss a note, but my son, he sees that and he says, Oh shoot. And he puts his, he put his, his, uh, hearing protection back on. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. They had to get X's on their hands indicating that they're minors. And I'm like, y'all, if if the bartenders can't tell that uh, these guys are minors, I think there's a bigger problem. <laughs> they're checking a box at that point. But no, <laughs> apparently the this outdoor venue, they, uh, they'd they had a problem with TABC and they just said anyone who's a minor gets a mark. I'm yeah, like, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. And so I had them hold their hands together, you know, each you know, individually, I'm like, all right, put your hands together, make a metal face. And I took a picture of them and I said, all right, y'all are straight edge. <laughs> and, and they didn't even understand, but they, they thought it was cool. So I'm like, all right, you know, Hey, that's, that's what counts. So yeah. For them, it was the experience. Right. Right. And, uh, do you boys ever like wanted to, do you boys want to go into music or have they expressed it? Oldest that? wants to play guitar. Young and wants to play drums. I play bass. Yeah, we're gonna have a family band. Yeah, ah, there you go. That's same path, man. My daughter wants oldest wants to play guitar, youngest wants to play drums, and my son wants to play piano. Nice. Actually, he's getting piano lessons right now at school. Awesome. Dang. I think the nearest thing that my kids does in musical things is like Beat Saber, <laughs> <laughs> the little VR game. My daughter likes that game, and she's like, "Yeah, this is like drums with Star Wars." It's like, yeah, but you know, not the same. But it is what it is. He's really good at it, but. That's just, and I think, uh, I don't know if your kids do it in, down there, but in up here, in sixth grade, they make all the sixth graders do orchestra or band as it, it's like 
required. You don't have, you know, like there's no way around it. You have to do it. So, and my son did it when he was in sixth grade. He did the, I can't think of what it's called. It's like maybe a cello, but not a cello. I'm not good with instruments, like but a, like it's a, something. A, a viola. Yeah, exactly. It's like he does up, up by the neck. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called. But yeah, that's what he did. And he, he enjoyed it. So hopefully, you know, that'll be something that he can do when he wants to get older and wants to play more instruments. Yeah, I wish they did do that here. Uh, unfortunately not, at least not at my boys' school. Um, they make guitar available at seventh grade. Mm. So that'll be next year for my oldest. And um, I'm like, well, you're going to have to choose between art and guitar. <laughs> And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's actually a pretty decent artist. Like he's, he's a better artist on, you know, on paper than I am. And good, he's good. And he's 11. That's awesome. And I'm like, dude, keep this creative outlet going. I'm it's like, in his can, blood, man. Can, it's in his blood. I'm like, I can get you guitar lessons outside of, outside of school. I'm not going to teach you because I don't have the patience, but... <laughs> You know, I have plenty of guitars for you to play on and practice on and do whatever. Yeah. And as I say, for, you know, for me, I've always wanted my children to be better than me at anything when it comes to, you know, just because you want that as a father, you want them to be better to you. So if if your kids are in the basketball, you want them to be a better basketball player to you or your kids and your, and your, instances of musicians they want to be better and you like go out and play band or where you know do concerts and yeah if they want to and you know of course you're you sound like you you're a supporting father when it comes to their aspirations dreams if they ever have that oh for yeah that particular industry but, yeah so now i um the the boys are in swimming so we do that on you know we do that tuesdays uh, my oldest has boy scouts on monday and then they have karate and then my youngin has Cub Scouts on Thursday, and you know, like I said, what's sleep? Um, I feel you, brother. It, it's busy, but you know, it's it's a lot of fun because I get to see them just learn and grow and compete and and just enjoy. Uh, my my youngest, the last karate tournament they were in, uh, it was two points for every kick. Regardless, so usually it was always two points for a headshot with a kick, but this one it was all kicks. And so, my nine-year-old he he landed one, and then he immediately went for another, and he was jumping and kicking. <laughs> and this other little kid, who was a little bit taller than than mine, he didn't jump, and he went for what usually is a legal kick. It it caught him. It, it, it was the end of the match for him. Oh. And even with a cup, it, uh, yeah, his match was over. Mm. And got hit there. So Ooh. we're, we're afterwards, mm. you know, this lady walks up and she's like, Man, look at these two medals. You you guys must have done really well. And my oldest, yeah, you know, I almost won my match. It came down to the very last point. And my youngin, because neither one of them have any shame, he looks up at her in his most innocent and loud eight-year-old voice at the time. 
I got kicked in the nuts. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just I'm just mortified. I look at her. Now she's this lady, she was maybe 60. And I'm just like, well, well, kids say the darndest things. I was thinking that. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just gotta kind of shrug, you know, shrug it off and, and move on. And yeah, you know, that's that's honestly, that's a lot of that's a lot of parenting in general. You know, whether it be your dealings with the kids or the kids, like they fall down and scrape their knee or something that I think that was the hardest thing to learn was to just develop a really good poker face. Like, especially when they're learning to walk and they're just barely stumbling along and then they get going at full, at full speed and then whap and face plant. And you just want to be like, oh, my gosh, I want to just run over and help this little child because, oh, you know, it's my it's my child. It's traumatic. And, and, you know, you just you look him straight in the face. And you're like, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Brush it off. You'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And after a while, like my kids would physically brush the fake dirt off of them <laughs> and they're like okay i'm good <laughs> that's true that's awesome so okay so we know you're an active dad you said you mentioned the scouts you're a musician this is the stuff you do for yourself you have swimming martial arts and i know at one point one played soccer so We'd said we're going to talk about the co-parenting aspect of all this. Before we dive deep into that, uh, if you don't mind, how long were you married? So I was married for 18 years. And uh, let's see. So my oldest is 11 now. Mm -hmm. So I was up until my oldest was nine. uh, That's... That's when we started all that, all that. The process. Process. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. a, a good word to, to use for it. Yeah. Um, my parents, uh, my, my folks were always together. Um, you know, up until my mom passed. And, you know, so that it, it's, it, and same with my ex, her parents were together up until her mom passed. Mm. And so, you know, neither one of us, it was kind of uncharted territory. Um, and, you know, we, I, I think we get along pretty well now. Uh, and so, and it helps because we're able to co-parent a lot easier. Like we're not having to hide attitude from the kids like I know was happening early on in, in all this. Um, you know, it's like, all right, look, we're at a kid's function. I'll check the attitude at the door. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, now it's not really there. So it's just, uh, whatever, we're doing something. Oh, your mom's going to be there? Okay. No big deal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's... Co-parenting can be difficult yeah. and as long as the parents communicate well with each other. And I think 
uh, one thing that I think she and I do really well is we still are a united front. You know, no, that's your awesome. mom says you can't watch this. Guess what? You can't watch it at my place either. Yeah, that's good. That's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, your mom says no to this activity. Guess what? Nope. Not going to do it. Uh, and that way we still give them consistency, even though, you know, they're not staying at my house every night or they're not staying at her house every night. And so, yeah, you know, I, I think that's, I think that really is the key to making it work. You know, as long as she and I communicate well, the rest of it will fall into place. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's awesome that you said that because, you know, We've all seen it. We have friends that are divorced. We, we, I mean, when we were kids, we've seen it. You know, it's like one kid would come to the playground. Oh, well, my dad lets me do X at his house. And my mom lets me do X at her house. Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid, it's like, oh, man, that's cool. I want to go with you to your dad's house or your mom's house because you get to do these things. Whereas the other ones you can't do. Like I, I so my mother and my father divorced when I was, I got three or four, something like that. Mm. And, you know, I was raised by my mom, single, so I was a single mom for a while. She got remarried to my, to my dad, my stepdad. I call my biological father pops. And there were certain things I could do over there at his place, you know, and he would try to be fun, you know? And as I look at it, when I, when I get older, I'm like, uh, you know, it's probably weren't always the best things. He never put me in danger, but it, you know, the, the consistency, right, between parents kind of went out of the window a little bit. And it's not as it's not as egregious as other parents I've seen where it's like a kid goes to their other parent's house and they just run amok. It's like the inmates are running the prison, so to speak. You know, it, it's it it's it's crazy to see that. And now that I'm a parent, I can understand the frustration if my wife and I were to divorce. It's like, OK, when we live together. We had these rules and now you're just like, forget it. Yeah. You know, you see that. And like the other real bad one that I've seen was one parent trying to buy the love of the child versus the other. Yes. One mom said I can't or dad said I can't have an Xbox. Yeah. So, well, not in this house. And, And so the other parent goes and gets an Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever. I won this year. Yeah. The gamification of your children, yeah. man. Yeah, and to me, that's just wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, you because know, who wins? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a there's not a winner because I mean, you're polluting you're polluting their mind with you know it's it's a falsehood, and they're gonna think it's gonna be like that growing up too. So when they get old enough to be adults and have children, and and they're put in that same situation, they're gonna think it's okay and and that's not the way it yeah, should be. Yeah, it's yeah. just setting a horrible example. And it's and when you say that, oh, this is the norm, ooh. I, I think it's I think it's also important. You know, you're talking about basically co-parenting as a team. Yeah, it, it absolutely is a team. And you know we're able to rely on each other to do the right thing for the kids. Yeah. And you know, that, that goes a long way. I mean, she she takes my oldest to Boy Scouts, and, you know, I stop by the scout meeting, and, 
you know, get a little in-person time, which is always nice. Absolutely. Um, and then I take the youngest, I take them both to their other activities. Um, and due to a work schedule, uh, she's not able to make it to those, which is a shame, but uh, it's outside of my control. I was re- I've been reading uh, to kind of like prepare for this discussion. I was reading an article on helpguide.org. We could put that in the show notes if you if you want to take a look at it, uh, our dear listeners. But like, I was reading about rules, and I'm sure because you started off as a team, your rules are some are probably the same, others may be similar, and then because you're no longer a unit in the same household, others have changed. Do you feel since you two have separated and become a co-parent team, the rules have shifted quite a bit? Um, the, the only real rule all? that has changed is bedtime for them at my place. And the reason it's changed is, um, I let them stay up later so that way they can FaceTime with their mom every night when she gets off of work. Mm. Because otherwise they wouldn't have a they wouldn't have an opportunity to speak with her or see her face to face for like three, four, sometimes five days. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that was part of our divorce agreement too, is allow the other parent to FaceTime with the kids, you know, at a reasonable hour, whenever. And of course, you know, we have to stretch that sometimes, but you know, so sometimes the boys are up until like nine thirty, nine forty-five, ten o'clock on a school night, but they still get a solid eight hours and you know, they're not falling asleep at their desks or anything like that. And so, you know, until we start to see a behavior like that, then we might revisit it and say, Hey, look, you know, you either need to be able to FaceTime earlier whatever that entails, whether it's find a new job or whatever, or just say, look, kids, just because I don't FaceTime you every night doesn't mean I I don't care about you any less. You know, and I've told my boys that. I'm like, hey, you know, if I'm traveling, I don't know what the wireless coverage is going to be like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to FaceTime you or not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, just know that I love you, you know, this doesn't change how I feel about you. And that actually kind of leads into, you know, a difficult conversation that I had to have with my kids. Uh, and that was the conversation that daddy is moving out of the house mm. when uh, we started our whole divorce thing. And I, I, I was dreading this conversation for like a week before I even had to have it. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up having it twice. So one was a week out of the actual move out date. And then the next was today's the day. Oh man. This is like right on, right in the fire, huh? And the first one, nobody cried. I thought I was going to, to be honest. And there's some guys, oh, Ned, if you cry, you're not a man. Wrong. Yeah. There was really? a strength that 
I hate when people well, say that daddies don't cry. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> like, I, I was seeing this shrink a long time ago, and he says, Ned, if you don't deal with your emotions, your emotions are going to deal with you. And mm-hmm. being a single dad, that's doubly important because, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm available. You know, and, <clears throat> you know, if i got to take take five to go up, up into my room and, you know, handle my emotions, then so be it. But, you know, I can come back down and be like, all right, boys, here we go. But so, yeah, no one cried then. And, you know, I was like, look, this isn't your fault. This is a decision that I made. You know, your mom and I just work better if I'm living somewhere else. You know, this isn't anything you've done. It's nothing you haven't done. This is not on you in any way, shape, or form. And I was like, look, you're still going to go to the same school. You're still going to do Cub Scouts. Still going to do karate. You're just going to, and you're still going to see me all the time. You know, just sometimes you're going to be sleeping in my place. Sometimes you're going to be sleeping over here. And the second time we had that conversation, my oldest got pretty emotional about it. And he was really, he was genuinely upset. And, you know, as he should be. But within about a week, he saw that everything I had told him was true. He was still doing his, he was still doing Cub Scouts. He was still doing karate, still doing swimming, all this stuff. Actually, they hadn't started doing swimming yet. But they were still doing all of their planned activities, and they would still see me all the time, and they still saw their mom all the time. And once he saw, he's like, hey, dad wasn't joking. (laughs) Keeping that promise is so important when you're not in that house, isn't it? And, and, you know, I just... I make sure to, you know, tell them, you know, tell them every day and just give them a hug and say, hey, yeah, I love you, dude. And, and let them know, you know, they, they know where they stand with me. And that's good. Yeah. And, and I don't ever speak ill of their mom to them. Thank thank God, man. (laughs) Well, it won't, it won't do them any favors. Yeah. And honestly, it would just poison them against me. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do that. And, and, you know, whatever my opinion of their mom, you know, they're smart kids. They'll figure it out. Exactly. It, yeah, we, yeah, we don't give children yeah. enough credit, do we? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, that's honestly what kind of prompted my whole divorce process to begin with. Uh, I dropped my kids off with my dad. And I went and was running a bunch of errands. Meanwhile, my my ex was at home just reading. Uh, but, you know, I'd, I'd drop them off. I'd pick them up. We all get in my truck. And, and I'm like, man, I had a really busy afternoon. And before I could say another word, my, my 11-year-old says, Dad, I feel like Mom treats you like her butler. And this was, he was nine years old when he, when he says this. That's crazy. And Jeez. I I had no idea how much they were picking up on. And I'd already been consider I'd already been contemplating, 
uh, divorced for a while. But when he said that, I, I called my lawyer the next day and I said, yeah, let's go. Wow. And well, you know, I, I couldn't keep on going, showing them this and say, this is normal. This is how a family, this is how a couple is supposed to be and how they're supposed to be happy. And this is how you're, you're supposed to expect to be treated. And I said, you know, in good conscience, I can't do it anymore because I don't want them to grow up and get married and then let and let them think, oh, well, mom did this with dad. It must be normal. It must be okay. All right. Absolutely. Abs- absolutely, man. So I got a question for you, Ned. Real quick. Do you think, do you and... Yeah, do y'all have like different parenting styles or y'all think y'all about the same when it comes to parenting styles? Oh, we're pretty similar, to be honest. You know, at least we were. I mean, I don't, I'm not privy as to what goes on in the house now, but, um, you know, we, we still talk and it's like, Hey, you know, this happened. What do you think? You know, or you know, she'll tell me, oh, well, he did this and here's, here's what I did. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, it's, it's, it's rare that it'll come up, especially now. It's rare that something will come up when it comes to like raising the kids that we disagree on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's one thing I've always thought of is when it comes to co-parenting, if that is a reason to be separated if that's, you know, cause their parenting styles are different, you know, cause there are a lot of couples in the world that have kids that have different parenting styles and they may go through that same situation. And so, yeah, I just want to ask that just to well, pick your brain well, on that. It, it's valid. I mean, depending on how, how drastically different the parenting styles are, it's, it's, it's absolutely valid for a reason to separate because it'll cause uh, the two parents to fight yes. over and over and over. And it, it's kind of like, kind of like politics. You know, if I talk to someone who vehemently disagrees with me politically, no matter how good of a point I think I bring up, I'm never going to convince them they're right or that I'm right. And they're never going to convince me that I'm, that they're right because we don't have a way to articulate it in a way that we can say, look, take a step back. And so, and, and I have friends of mine that, you know, wholeheartedly disagree and we've stayed friends because we just don't talk politics and that's it. And, but yeah, as far as like a a real differing parenting style, um, you know, I can see where that could cause a, a discord between two folks. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you just either have to learn to, to move forward or just try your best yeah. or just try your best. Yeah. We're going yeah, pa- to pause there. You may have to say this again because I'm pretty sure that got picked up. So anyway, Continue. Uh, honestly, I think that's a perfect thing to to inject in a dad mode podcast. 
sometimes you can be in the middle of doing something that you that you love, that you're passionate about, and you you gotta. <laughs> The best way I can put it is uh, it was the signature in, in a guy's email uh, that I worked with a long, long time ago. And he's this the uh, signature was sometimes you got to drop the hammer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And, you know, that's Very true. I, I mean, honestly, I would leave all of it in just for that <laughs> because it's like, dude, you you don't get to stop being a dad. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you can, you can, but you're a piece of garbage if you do, at least in my book. Especially by choice. Well, if, unless, unless, if you're just, unless you just know you're a bad guy or whatever. I mean, if it's by choice, <laughs> I think you're, I think, I, I think poorly of someone who does that. Yeah. If it's not by choice, well then, brother, I feel sorry for you. And, you, you know, that's something we haven't really discussed yet on the show and that might be like a whole episode but there are people who have become parents i won't even just leave it at dads become parents who know they're not going to be good they're not ready they're not good people you know good or i'll say good people maybe they are i don't know it's hard to word that well but there are some people who know they just they're not right to be a parent and they know that even though they have children, they won't mature. And there's like maybe this level of resentment or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of it is just being ready. You know, I have a, a friend, his, his only child was born when he was 14. And he was not ready to be a parent. Wow. You know, and <clears throat> his parents ended up raising his son. But I mean, at 14 years old, how do you expect someone to be a dad at 14? At least be a halfway decent one. I won't even say be a good one. I just say be a halfway decent one. I, I know someone right now <clears throat> who's a mother. Uh, her, her daughter is about the same age as my oldest. And her youngest daughter is the same age as my youngest daughter. And I believe she had her her oldest when she was fourteen or fifteen. It's crazy, man. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine well, what that's know, like. Yeah, I. Dude, at fourteen, I was all about skateboarding and you know, fourteen year old boy stuff, and I'll yeah. just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, literally, still a kid. And that's how, yeah, yeah, that's how it should but be. But cue the Everlast. Then you really might know what it's like. For real. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, even as a single dad, I haven't had it that bad. Like the the most difficult time as a parent for me was actually when I was still married. Uh, mm. my My ex was a stay-at-home mom. And I got fired from my job. And I went from having a good job and being able to do everything that my kids wanted and cover all the bills. And then we don't have health insurance. Mm. Mm. Um, I have savings to cover the mortgage. We've got just enough for groceries. Meanwhile, the kids at that time were five and three. 
no health time. insurance for a five and three year old boys. Because at that age, boys tend to be a little more rambunctious than girls. I'm not saying all, but some. Mine definitely were. And it was terrifying because part of part of the default role in being a dad and i'm not saying it's correct but it it's been this way for years is it just the family dynamic in general up until about like the mid 80s was the dad is the provider we've talked about this yeah yeah and I've lost my ability to provide. There was also a big layoff right around the same time at a different tech company here in town. So the market was saturated with IT people all looking for a job. Yep. Yep. And it took me two months to find a new job. And it took me two months to find a new job. And I took a 30% pay cut just so I could have money coming in so I could pay the bills. Just to keep the lights on, huh? Just to keep the lights on. Yeah. And still didn't have insurance because this new place wouldn't give me insurance until I'd been there for like 90 days. And... That's a level of fear I'd never felt before. You know, it was, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do. I'm like, what, do I sell my truck? So that way I've got eight months of mortgage payments. Yeah. And then what do I do? How are you going to get to work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can uh, you can take the wife's right vehicle, there. but what if an emergency happens? Then she is without well, a vehicle. And neither kid was in school yet. Um, so I take this job. I hated it, but it was necessary. And I eventually uh, was able to get an interview and get hired on as a contractor uh, at the place I'm at now, mm-hmm. uh, which eventually I was able to move from contract to full-time, which was really nice. Um, So I put in my two weeks notice with this other place, but I cut it short by one day because, well, one business day (laughs) because it would have meant my last day would have been the Tuesday after a labor day. And I was like, why am I going to come in after a weekend, work one Tuesday, and then quit? I'm like, how about we just make a clean break on that Friday before? And they're like, well, since you didn't give us a full two weeks, I'm like, don't worry. I won't use you as a reference. <laughs> and so, but since I did that, they effectively said your notice is served immediately. You know, since you provided us less than two weeks notice, we'll just count this as you quitting today. Okay. Yeah. You know what though? It was a blessing. 
because had that not happened, I wouldn't have been able to take my son to school on his first day of kindergarten. And, you know, I wouldn't have traded that for anything. Yeah. Hey, Sacrifices man. you got to make as a dad, man. That's good. Yeah, I'll just, you know, you do have to drop whatever you got to drop to make things happen. You got to be there. You got to be there. That's, that's, that's. There's certain the game, man. There's certain milestones you don't want to miss. Yeah. And, you know, I just count myself lucky that I was able to do it. And mm-hmm. granted, that was that was one of the most stressful points in my life to, to that date. But, yeah, I found light at the end of the tunnel that wasn't a train coming at me. <laughs> and, you know, I was lucky it only took two months to find a job. But... That was a tough two months. And, you know, luckily my kids never, they didn't notice. They were just like, oh, dad's home. I think that's a testament to, well, your planning and the way you handled your responsibilities financially, et cetera. You know, you, you were in a position to where you were able to provide for your family even when you weren't able to actively provide for your family as an employee, you know, you're between jobs. Well, thank goodness it didn't last longer than. Yeah. I needed to do have to give credit where credits due. That actually was in my ex's savings and Mm. it it wasn't in mine. Um, But I'm pretty sure I paid it all back. I don't know. At this point, it's a moot point anyway. Um, but I mean, that, that thing took years to recover from, you know, and, and the guy who fired me actually tried reaching out to me and said, Hey, I know things didn't end well at this other place, but I got something that might interest you. I'm like, bruh, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I'm like, I wouldn't trust you. (laughs) No, thanks. I wouldn't trust you. To, <laughs> I wouldn't trust you to catch my sneeze. <laughs> oh wow! I, well, I, I'm trying to think of a way to to speak without cursing. You know, just yeah. like like I've learned from my own children. Yeah, like I was driving the boys to school, and traffic was all kinds of jacked up, and people are blocking the intersection, and you know, making it so nobody can get through. And I'm like, man, we look at these jerks and. My oldest says, Dad, if I could cuss right now, I would. And, you know, if, if my younger son hadn't been in the truck, I totally would have given him a pass. But uh, I didn't want to set a bad, a bad example for his brother. Oh, oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. You know, um, you, well, first of all, great job, man. You recovered from that. I mean, that's a hardship, you know. You were oh. resilient. And, I mean, the world has changed because of the pandemic dealing there there are people still reeling dealing with hardships from that um i would say that is kind of like a dad mode in and of itself you know what i mean you yeah. act you you activated a mode that allowed you to keep looking for the job, providing for your family, not making your family feel the effects of that. Well, so, and, and it's real quick, we like to ask our guests, you know, what dad mode means to them. I don't want to speak for you on that. And 
with that, do you have a particular, or a particular dad mode or do you have a particular um, dad mode? Well, it's, you know, never give up. You know, it's, I don't, I don't see it as there's a destination at the end. Mm. I see it as a journey to be enjoyed. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's what being a dad is for me is, you know, I, I see my kids grow and learn and, and develop and I see their personalities come out and I love it. <clears throat> they, they, they make me laugh every day and it's not laughing at them. It's laughing with them. Um, right now I'm having trouble teaching my youngest about sarcasm because, uh, he still takes everything literally. And, you know, we're at the optometrist and he's like, what's this machine? And the lady says, oh, that takes a picture of your entire eyeball. And I was like, yeah, dude, they take your eyeball out of your head so they can do it. And he's like, <gasps> and I was like, dude, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, they wouldn't seriously do that. <laughs> but and every time they but, go into they're like, oh, no, no, no. But, you know, it's. I, I I count myself lucky that that my kids are an absolute joy, and they they don't ever feel like a burden to me. I mean, sometimes it makes life difficult. You know, every so often I have to take them to the laundromat when I'm doing laundry because I don't have a washer and dryer right now. But eh, just got to make the best out of it, and you know, and I try and use that as a teaching moment for them. I'm like, hey. Sometimes life isn't fun, but you can always bring a laptop, you know, or you can, you can do something. And so you're not just sitting there like a bump on a log. It's like, Hey, if we plan, even though me doing laundry kind of sucks, you can still do something to entertain yourself. Hmm. You know, yeah. And just, it's like, Hey, you know, I can go to this place. I'm not going to have a good time, but you know what? whether or not I have a good time is on me. It's not on everyone else. That reminds me. And I'm, and I may have talked about it before. Uh, there's a book that Rich and I are reading called the daily dad. And there's a chapter in there. So what this is, is every day, 366 lessons. I say lessons, but paragraphs, you read it and hmm. it, you take it with you for the day. It's actually right there on the bookshelf. There's the Daily Stoic and the Daily Dad. So Carr and I on WFS, we read Daily Stoic. Me, Trey, and Rich all read Daily Dad. Um, it's called You Are the Toy. And You Are the Toy is hilarious to me because it 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 rings true. Sometimes your kids will nag you, nag you, nag you, nag you, pull all this stuff out, and then you go to play with them, and it's like, all right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to something else. Yep. Or sit down, let's watch this. Cool, I'm ready. Let's rock. Five minutes into it, they want to change it, and they want to change it again, and they want to change it again. You know, and this is a this is a very extreme paraphrasing of that, or or what I gleaned from that book. But it's just about being with you. Mm -hmm. And so when you, I'm hearing you say you take them to the laundry mat. And the entertainment is on you or whatever, you know, it's like you're, you're, even though you're doing something as routine and mundane as washing your clothes, 
you could still make it an experience with your children and say, hey, you know what? While these whites are running, let's let's play Uno or link up yeah. a link up a switch or maybe let's go outside and count pennies. I, I don't know. Whatever the thing is. Well, they're they're always happy to go because they give out free popcorn. And I'm like, hey, you know I'll what? Go. Simple <laughs> simple pleasures. I'm like, hey, if that's all it takes, awesome. Hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. Free popcorn. I'll go wash. I'll wash a load for some free popcorn. Hey, when it comes to laundromats, this place is actually like kind of bougie. So, <laughs> uh, you're back again. So would you like some popcorn? You know, all they need is like <laughs> to have like a towel over their arm and. Ah, uh, yes. How are you doing today, Saw? <laughs> I, I want to talk about something fun real quick. I know we're coming up on time here. We're, we're running into overtime. So what's dating like for you, man? Or maybe that's not so fun. I don't know. Um, It's not <laughs> um, because I do so much with the kids right now. I just don't have time. Mm. I mean, I've looked. I'd, I, I, was, I was talking with one person and they don't have kids. Mm. And I'm like, wow, you're close to my age and you have a level of freedom that I can only dream about now. Right. And you know, it just, it just wouldn't have worked out. They don't understand. Uh, oh no, this person understood fully. Oh, my bad. Um, in fact, she was the one that said, nah, you don't have time. And I'm like, you know, oh, wow. that's yeah. fair. Wow. That's totally fair. Um, you know, would I like to, of course, you know, it'll, I'll just have to find someone who says we can only go out like every other weekend and be cool Dang. with that. Yeah. And, but you know, my kids, we were, we were on the way home from school one day and just completely at random, my, my voice said, dad, we don't want a stepmom. And I'm like, uh, where on earth did this come from? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, why? Why don't you want a stepmom? And they said, well, what if she's mean to us? And I was like, dude, do you honestly think I would bring someone into your lives like that who would who would be mean to you for no reason? You know how fast I would kick that person to the curb? And they're like, you would? I'm like, of course. Like, this isn't even a conversation. Absolutely. The second, yeah, the you guys second are a there's deal. Yeah. This is how it goes. Bingo. Yeah. I'm like, dude, the second they're, yep. you know, ugly like that for no reason whatsoever. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no. We don't need that kind of negativity. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You got to have, you got to put the kids for first when it comes to that situation. Absolutely. And, you know, I have a I have a right to be happy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, if someone's going to treat my kids like that, guess what? That doesn't make me happy. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, but- of course, I don't expect them to love my kids like I love my kids, you know, because that's, that's a, a parental bond that, you know, it's like the very – the day your kid was born and they – wrap them up like a burrito in that swaddling cloth and then weigh them and then they let you hold them. And it's like, I made this. Right. Well, right. Well, part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do, I didn't do the cooking, but <laughs> yeah, but you, you just provide the ingredients. <laughs> I, I, I was afraid to share this on the show. I'll just say it. 
there's an old Chappelle joke. That's I said it to every one of my children when they were born. Parents, if you have children in the room, cover their ears. <laughs> you are swimming in my balls, man. <laughs> and now you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, man. I, I have not shared that skit with my kids. Uh, but uh, I, I said it when they, they didn't. It was like literally the day each one of them oh, were born. Okay. <laughs> so which my wife looked at me and was just like, oh, God, he's going to do it again. <laughs> On two and three. But then you know it's going I, to, I can see it happening now. As they get to be like 20 years old, I was like, man, dad, I remember when I came out at you, you told me that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, we all say kids say the darnest things. Man, kids remember the strangest things. For too. real. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, so that's that's been my journey. You know, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, some, you know, some tears. You know, but overall, more good than bad. And yeah, you know, my, my boys are, they're happy, they're healthy, they're doing pretty decent in school and they've got great hearts, you know, and, and they have good manners and I, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. That's what it's all about, my brother. That's what it's all about. Hey, I want to see, I want to go around the room real quick and share any dad moments. Ned, you have any? Do you have anyone to share? So my uh, my dad was a uh, career military, and uh, his dad was career military, and his dad was career military, and it goes back uh, quite a long time. Wow! But, so military folk are uh, they're they're known for uh, speaking their mind, and so my dad, you know, if I forgot to do something or I was running late because I didn't take care of what I needed to, he would look at me and he would say, well, son, prior planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> That's a dadism. <laughs> and, you know, you can't argue with it. <laughs> That's true. You know, I, I worked in a That's retail store. I worked in a retail store around Christmas one year and the hottest toy of the season was sold out forever and ever. And this guy comes in on Christmas Eve trying to find this thing. And I said, look, sir, I could probably get fired for this. But my dad used to tell me all the time, he said, prior planning prevents piss poor performance. And he looks at me and he said, yeah, you probably could get fired for that, but I can't argue it. So you have a Merry Christmas, sir. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Oh shoot, <laughs> that's good. Stealing that, by the way. That Please will be, do. That, that will be said. Uh, the the nice way is failure to prepare on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Oh, I've said that plenty of times. But uh, the six P's hit them with the six P's, P's and <laughs> game over. What about you, Big Rich? Uh, you know, mine is this: when kids say "I love you." You know, I think, think that's my main thing, and I'm a I'm that type of dad. It just melts my heart whenever they say it to me. And so yeah, that's <laughs> that's my that's my dad moment, and cherish it 100 percent every day you hear it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, my dad moment uh, will be my son's fifth birthday party today. Thank you to everyone who came out, man. That dude had a blast, and shout out to my wife. I'll show y'all pictures. She made a dope cake for his birthday. It's uh, Ninja Turtles themed. So he likes the new Ninja Turtles movie. But uh, yeah. Oh, man. That's what's up. Uh, dude, I'm still cracking up over the six Ps. I seriously got to find a way to inject that. 
I'm gonna do that in my new job at some point. That should make everybody laugh. The new guy's he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Ned, thank you for coming out, man, being a guest on our show. I've been wanting to have you involved in one of these podcasts in some way, shape, or form or another. You're helping us expand the dataverse, and we'd love to have you back, man. Well, hey, thank you all so much for having me. It was uh, it was a great time, and you know, hopefully, uh, we can get some other topics going and oh yeah, share some laughs and uh, just enjoyed enjoy our t- our our time as dads as long as we've got it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, Ned. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, for those of you who have been paying attention to the news in the last couple of weeks, you know, Mexico revealed some aliens and uh, it's it's pretty crazy. We talked a little bit about it on WFS. Shameless plug. Shout out to the boys, Trey M and uh, Carr. But it got me thinking, you know, like, how does one organize a space party? Then it hit me. I was like, dude, you plan it. 